Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cheese and pickle. All of television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favorite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the writer and broadcaster Julia Rayside. Who are you and how did you get into my house? <laughs> Hello, it's me. We've confused everyone. Um yes. so just to explain, that is the voice of Joel Morris, my husband. Today I am the guest on the podcast. Technically, you are in charge, Joel, but don't get any silly ideas. If I fail to control you, I'll have to <laughs> check the small print on my contract. <laughs> you will. Hooray. Has anyone guessed what we're talking about yet? Can you tell me what you have brought on this Christmassy occasion for your own <laughs> podcast? I'm so excited. I have brought the Alan Partridge Christmas special knowing me knowing you'll very clever oh, ho, ho, ho. so did you see this when it went out uh yes i did i was obsessed with alan partridge it went out in 1995 yeah i was 20 years old But I was very excited. I was obsessed with Know Me, Knowing You, the six-part series. The Alan Partridge chat show format. Yes, which is basically sort of Wogan, you know, Wogan on the edge of a breakdown the entire time <laughs> and then actually having one near the end. But he saves the big guns till Christmas. So by the Christmas special, his second series is very much, I think in the balance is putting it too mildly. <laughs> he shot a man, hasn't he? He's, he shot and killed a guest live on air on the last episode <laughs> of uh, Know Me, Knowing You. Be careful with that. Oh my God! Uh, what happens now? Uh, what happens now? Is there a doctor somewhere? It's not my fault. It wasn't my. I didn't know it was loaded. I didn't know it was loaded. There is no need to panic. I didn't know it was loaded. It's not my fault. I've not done. Is he all right? I'm afraid he's dead. Give it. Cover him up. Cover him up with this. The last thing you see, isn't it, is him being taken off by the police under the title, which is a yes. perfect uh, on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Literally, he does say that. Obviously, he's a pro. Everything's looking in doubt. His liberty is looking in doubt. But somehow, and you never ask why, because you don't care why, because you're happy that he's back. He gets a Christmas special. Is the possibility he's doing this while on parole or something? Someone's... He's tagged. <laughs> exactly. The police are watching this very closely. It's so brilliant. So the conceit is, and this is kind of underpins everything that we see for the next hour or so. He is in a mock-up, and it's very important that this is a mock-up, not his real house. It's a mock-up of his mock Tudor home in Norwich, somewhere just outside Norwich. It's a nouveau riche kind of paradise of fake Inglenook fireplaces and there's hostesses in little Santa outfits handing out boaster biscuits and mulled wine. Basically, if Alan could have an unlimited budget to have a performative Christmas, this is what he'd do. He'd have people with high-quality baked goods, <laughs> mulled wine, short skirts. and Yeah, absolutely. And lots of product placement for the Rover Vitesse fastback. <laughs> It's it is 
a dream. It's great because it's not it's not a, an unlimited budget. He keeps telling you exactly what the budget <laughs> he, is. He does. In fact, there's a brilliant segment where he goes to a children's hospital, one of the VTs. He goes to a children's hospital to distribute second-hand toys, which of... all look like they've been dragged through <laughs> muddy puddles. It's a whiff of Noel Edmonds about that bit. Like, yes, it was, it's, Noel's it, Christmas present. It's a nice nod to those slightly cheesy things where a celebrity was allowed to go out and do something that mainly made them look good. Completely made them look good. That was the only purpose. Like, the children were looking at the presents like, what? <laughs> Seriously, thanks. And the, 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 the hospital ward that he visits is filled with balloons with his face on, <laughs> which is a beautiful touch. There's lots of close-ups of the Rover Fastback Vitesse, or whatever it's called, that he's driven to the hospital and paused over as he's closed the door <laughs> to enjoy the action of the door closing. It's so clever. Every scene of this is infused with his self-hatred. You find out later on his marriage has ended on Christmas Day, which is like the worst thing imaginable on Christmas Eve. Every millimetre of it is just soaked in misery and trying to perform even though you're dying inside. It's just, it's wonderful. It's got an odd feel about it in that it, it was broadcast in the festive perineum on the 29th. And it just reeks of Boxing Day. It <laughs> reeks of the bits of Christmas when you've, you've gone off the idea. You've had enough. Yeah, it's a perfect Christmas special about the forced bonhomie of the Christmas specials. Yes. All those stories you heard about Slade saying they were recording their Top of the Pops in boiling hot studios yeah. with sweat under your silver top hat and your the, the hot Santa costumes. It feels like every one of those documentaries behind the scenes documentaries you've seen about Christmas television yes, yes. has been allowed to turn to a comedy programme. Yeah. I was wondering whether one of the reasons it appealed to you is it was so much about television. Completely, I think so. And obviously now being a grown up what writes about it <laughs> and knowing uh, once The Guardian asked me to write a piece on, can you just find out, it was like in August, all the Christmas specials that are being filmed now. Wow. We'd like to talk about, just can you just do a piece on, you know, one of your pieces that you do about funny television, talk about how uh, everyone's in jumpers in July and it's awful and we have a fascination with this exactly what you said the false bonomy the constructed festivities that just ring hollow is one of the handbells <laughs> played by the Christians <laughs> oh, fantastically awkward Rebecca Front God she's so good in this we talked about her earlier didn't we because Rebecca Front throughout the partridge ooh, she plays different guests on his chat yeah. show she's obviously in the day to day as a reporter and then in this Christmas special she plays the Virgin Mary. She plays Mary the <laughs> bell ringer who's worried about taste and decency of the BBC. And she's kind of got this Alice band and this quite severe wig. And she sort of loudly eats a mince pie and talks about sort of smut on television. And But she's a tr she's transformed herself into this mousy yeah. but quite troubled woman. Mousy and, and cross. Completely. And every time she plays a part, you think, well, Rebecca Front's got like, she's got a face. She's a good actor. But she transforms herself. Yeah. She plays uh, everything from like an incredibly sexy Liza Minnelli-esque kind of singer in one of the episodes of the, of the first run of the Six Chat Show series. And then she plays this part and then she's suddenly something else. She's she's really versatile. And Nicola Murray, for God's sake, in the thick of it, she's a very underrated, incredibly wonderful comic actress. Yeah, she's been sort of... Because Nicola Murray was so good and such a big mm. breakout performance for her, she's got a lead in a sitcom. Yeah. 
it's become you sort of tend to think of her as sort of small and put upon a bit. Yeah. So when she's doing this part, I was stunned that it's a different small and put upon. Oh yes, because she can't shut up. And it's a different small and put upon than the show jumper she does in the first episode oh, of the God, first. I two. love that. Yeah. Who's yeah. Going, no, no, no. I couldn't. She's I couldn't. terribly, terribly nervous. And I couldn't. Oh, you couldn't make my horse jump on concrete. The classic, the worst guest to get on, the guest who's brought nothing. And then she's a different version of that in this, where she's a guest who's meant to stay in the background because the whole house is full of background detail. Oh, God, it's amazing. So there are people milling about. So it's supposed to be like a Christmas party. Uh, he says to her at one point, have you seen Noel's house party? Yeah, keep it light, keep it light. <laughs> it's basically that, populated by various people hanging about. At one point, we meet his chauffeur, who's like, who reveals his secret racism about Ramadan. Ramalama ding dong, isn't that what you call Alan? Ramalama ding dong. It's like, not now, not now. And then there's Glenn Ponder and his boyfriend, his living lover, who Alan's always found a difficult fit with his kind of wholesome family thing. He's like, doesn't like the fact there's a gay couple on screen, but he's clearly been told to just shut up and accept it. So they're there. There's a Bon Tempe organ atop a kind of fake piano where he plays like little tunes and stuff and discusses the silk kimono that his husband got him for Christmas while Alan kind of dies inside a little <laughs> tiny bit. Because this um, is early Alan, before Alan went woke. Yeah. Recently, the new yeah. Alan is, is trying to be a bit more Cameron and a bit well, more... that's the brilliant this is the thing. old Alan. It's before he really understood. Well, but before perhaps, to be honest, before lots of us really understood that there are some things you just have to drop, forget them. They're, they're in the past, like move on. And yes, you're right. The, the brilliance of Partridge Now, the recent series, um, this time... Uh, the Gibbons brothers who've kind of taken over writing the character now. They didn't write him back when we're talking about. This they, is Ianucci and Marber. And, yes, that's uh, right. It's the three of them together. When he did the changing of the guard and the Gibbons brothers sort of naturally almost seemed to become part of Partridge and, you know, just they are, they're, they're fused to the machine now. They are absolutely yeah. his voice. They got this, it's such an intelligent gear shift. They got that he needed to not be reactionary and fighting the oncoming tide of new opinions, new thoughts about gender and equality. And he's now desperately trying to swim in the current. He's not drowning yet, but he's trying his hardest to keep pace. He he won't be the guy that's left behind. And that's a brilliant observation about someone like him, that he just, he doesn't want to be old hat. He wants to be now and current and yeah. And what's nice about this is that the glorious old-fashionedness of this, which is it's based loosely on... There's whiffs of sort of Valdunican in this. And there's there's a lot of Russell Hart who used to do these. I, yeah. I'm st- I don't think either of us are old enough to really actually remember being forced to watch Russell Hart. Yeah. But you've seen clips of it like, uh, Oh, it's since, all clips, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just... He's so awkward and ill at ease. That, that feeling of having built your dream Christmas... Yeah. And 90% of the people who are there are not people you'd want to hang mm. out with. Just the loneliness of, of like his chauffeur, his boss at the BBC it's is awful. one of the guests. No, it's just genuinely <laughs> dreadful. It's just an extension of the guy he becomes later in Iron Man and Partridge, the series after this, where he is trying to persuade the guy from the petrol station to go for a pint with him because he's so freaking lonely. But we have to talk about the guests. So the oh, guests yes. on this show, because um, we'll get there's too many of them to fit in. The standouts are Kevin Eldon. You've obviously worked with Kevin. Yes. You've written for him. Um, he plays in this, at uh, this character dripping. It's, it's one of the bleakest things I've ever seen in a Christmas special because he's playing this drag act, effectively, who is called Fanny Thomas. And she slash he does risque, sort of finger-nibbling, oh, pardon, kind of naughty <laughs> things about cooking while cooking. So it's a TV chef with a difference. But let's go back to Fanny Thomas and her Christmas partridge. Right, uh... Well, now, Alan, 
I've basted the bird now. Now, what we need to get sorted out is the trimmings. Now, I don't know about you, but there's nothing I love more than a hot, spicy stuffing. Oh, pardon. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd like you to help me out now, right, by grasping this very firmly and giving the top a good hard tug. <laughs> Alan's reaction to him slash her, I mean, it is so clenched and, and it's sort of internally upset again, not ready for this. And Kevin Eldon's portrayal of Fanny, <laughs> he just goes for him and it's savage. He absolutely wants to ruin him and humiliate him. <laughs> and he does. And it builds throughout the episode where he starts off being a bit risque and just needling him in a way that he can see Alan will be really uncomfortable yeah. with. And by the end, he's just the eyes on the guy. He's yeah. just, I <laughs> want you to suffer. Because there's a bit where he grabs Alan, the wig comes off and he grabs yes. him. You're not a girl, are you? Your name's Peter Willis. You're a failed disc jockey who dresses up as a woman for cheap laughs. Right, this is Peter, right? Now, what do you want? Do you want Peter or do you want Fanny? Uh, Fanny, I want Fanny. And it could be played a bit Eric Morecambe. Yes. Listen, Sunshine. Yeah. And you go, this is a Christmas special. Mm. It could be a bit sort of fun threat. Oh, but by it's then, really nasty. it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> we have to, just the arc of this episode as well. It begins with the usual discomfort you'd expect with Alan trying to make things seem natural when he can't be natural if he tried. Like, it's just not happening. He's introduced all these artificial elements. So, like, he's got his big boss there. He's desperate for another series of his chat show. He's probably deep down somewhere fair. Even he's aware that this is not going to happen. So he's trying to use this episode as a way to get... So Tony Hay, is played by David Schneider, is there as the figure of authority he's trying to impress. There always has to be a daddy that disapproves of him. Yes. This time it's Tony Hayes. And he gives him very little. He's nice to him to start with. They do a little interview piece where he makes a massive cock up about saying, what are you doing on Christmas Day? He's like, well, I'm Jewish. And then he says, uh, oh, no, it's all forgiven. He's like, what? The crucifixion. <laughs> he just he can't do right for doing wrong. So Tony Hayes is there. Uh, who else is there? There's Mary the bell ringer who challenges him on decency to the BBC and he kind of tries to cut her down. And then when Tony Hayes says, no, we should listen to her, then he's like, no, of course. L listen, love, we chatted earlier, but you must remember you are a peripheral guest. Right, so... no, 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 I think that's a salient point. It's, it's worth hearing. Good idea, good idea. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's hear her salient point. Bring her on, come and join us. Can we, can we get a drink for the, for the Christian? <laughs> Sorry, love, sorry, I, sorry I, 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 I didn't catch your name, was it? Uh, Mary. Mary, Mary. Like, like, like the Virgin Mary. Are, are you, are you, oh, it's none of my business. You can't pick the right team throughout the whole episode. <laughs> and he gets just more, the blood pressure just rises slowly. No one's on his side. No, but nobody's on his side. Even when he gets to, like, a fairly, uh, you think, a fairly innocuous thing of just a husband and wife golfing duo. Yes, and they replaced at very late notice Raquel Welch. Who dropped out at the last minute? Is it Raquel Welch or somebody it's, it's, else? I think it might be her. Yes, it's, 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 someone, it's someone absolutely huge. A big name has just... Lit, uh, she, seriously, at five o'clock, she cancelled at five o'clock. <laughs> so he's got this kind of... Who there? I mean, the herons. <laughs> They're a golfing couple. Well, there's, there's that nice feeling that you forget this about old chat shows. This is sort of from the era of chat shows where Wogan... You got the impression that Wogan didn't know who was coming on. Yeah. Week in week, he hadn't read the books. He wasn't didn't really care. It oh, wasn't no. that feeling you get with Graham Norton. These are friends of his, or big enough Hollywood stars for him to have heard of. Oh, there's very it's much not... a levelled playing field when it comes to Graham. He's, the status thing is totally different, isn't yeah, it? Much this is, more comfortable. This is people have been have been foisted on him by by desperate yes. researchers, and he's got no interest in them. And there's a, this is a family Christmas. <laughs> this is not. I've got my mates around. It's like 
Auntie Edna's coming round with her husband. Just be nice. Just be nice. Come on. Makes it even more Boxing Day. It's so Boxing Day. These aren't the people he wants to be trapped with. And we'll leave them there for today. But do come back tomorrow for part two of this festive special of the Box Delights. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.